Yes, it's that time. You already know what time it is. Therapy Thursday. Come on. Come on in the room. I've been waiting for you since Sunday. This, this particular session that we're going to have on tonight, I believe is going to heal somebody's perspective. I believe it's going to bring joy back to somebody's heart. I believe it's going to cause for peace to hit somebody's soul in the name of Jesus. Come on in the room, everybody. I am so excited to serve you. You know how we do each and every week. Let's start an encouraging thread. Find somebody up and down the chat. Tag them. I'm so proud of you for being intentional. Go ahead, do it. Find somebody like right now. I'll wait. I'll wait. Find somebody up and down the chat. I see you being intentional. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Share the link, like the video. All your like does is really increase the algorithms so that other people could hear about what this particular therapy session has done for you and it could possibly do for them as well. So come on in the room. I'm honored to serve you. Our men's conference that we had last week was amazing. Absolutely amazing. The Holy Spirit just wrecked the house. There was not a dry eye in the room. Every man was crying. God did something special in our hearts. And ladies, on Sunday, we announce your conference. And I can't wait. God is doing some amazing things in the ministry. And I'm just honored to serve you. I wash feet for a living. That's what I do. I serve and wash feet for a living to bring people closer to the Lord. So, so let, let's get into this. Um, I'm going to be transparent. In 2018, 2018 was one of the most character building years I ever had in my life. Now, in 2019 and 2018, I would not have labeled that as a character building year. I would have labeled 2018 as one of the hardest years of my life. But due to all of the wisdom I gained from that 365, like due, due to all of the wisdom I gained from those 52 weeks throughout that 2018 calendar year, I could relabel that as one of the most hardest hurting years. I could relabel that too. That was a year that my character was built. That was a year that my perspective was shaped because due to all of the wisdom I have now, like all of the wisdom I have now is worth everything that I've left. <laughs> Am I talking to somebody? All of the wisdom I have now is worth everything that I have left. All of the wisdom that I have now is better than who left. All of the wisdom that I have now is better than what I thought I needed in that season. Can I get somebody to put in the room? It's better. <clears throat> It's better. It is better. It's better. I know that that was uncomfortable, but look, your prayer life is better. I know that you didn't like the way that that went, but look, your devotion, oh, that's better. I know that it was even hurtful, but look at your joy right now. It's better. It's, it, it is better. All of the wisdom that I've gained now is better than everything that I had gone through. It was a character building year. I experienced betrayal after betrayal after betrayal. Like, have you ever experienced so much betrayal that betrayal doesn't shock you anymore? Loyalty does. 
<laughs> like, I'm not shocked when people stab me in the back. What shocks me is people who protect it, people who cover it. Am I talking to anybody? I'm talking about that was a year where it was betrayal in wave form, just hit after hit after hit after hit after hit. I didn't even have time to really even catch my emotional breath without the gut punch of betrayal hit me again. It was happening so frequent where I was like, okay, hold on. One at a time, <laughs> one at a time. Okay, this is, all right, one at a time. It was happening so frequent and so repetitive that it was hard for me to recover from one blow without experiencing the next blow. And what made it really hurt, like there are two things that made the betrayal really hurt is it wasn't just what happened that hurt, but rather who did it. Am I talking to anybody? It's not just what happened that hurt me. It's who did it. Because that pain hits different when it comes from somebody you told all your pain to. They said they would never do you like that, but they do you like that with the remix. <laughs> that pain hits different. It wasn't just what was happening, but rather who it was happening from. That That's the first thing that was really character building. That's the first thing that was really difficult about the amount of betrayal. And the second thing was I never got closure. I didn't get closure. I never. What do you do when your heart keeps screaming? I want to know why. What do you do when the heart keeps screaming? I want to know why they left. I want to know why they molested me. I want to know why they betrayed me. I want to know why they lied on me. I feel this, y'all. I want to know why they raped me. I want to know why mama let that happen. I want to know why daddy let that happen. I want to know why they left. What do you do when the heart, when your heart keeps on screaming? I want to know why. I want to know why. I want to know why. And that is what the lack of closure will do. It will cause for us to keep on screaming, I want to know why. Like the lack of closure will cause for us to stand in the rubble of what was unsaid. Talk Holy Spirit. The lack of closure, it causes for you to just stand in the rubble of what was unsaid. I didn't get closure. I didn't get closure. I didn't get closure. My heart kept screaming, I want to know why I didn't get closure. The lack of closure won't allow you to write the conclusion, but it forces you to the closing credits. I need to say that one more time. The lack of closure doesn't allow you to write the conclusion, but rather it forces you to the closing credits. Hold on, wait, I missed something. I I didn't see that scene. How did we get here? What happened in scene 23? What, what happened in scene 21? I'm not understanding why I'm seeing the closing credits. I missed some scenes. What do you do when the heart keeps screaming? I want to know why. I want to know why I didn't get closure. I didn't get closure. And for many of us watching this Therapy Thursday session on tonight, we are mentally and emotionally stranded 
because you have not received closure. Stuck, not just in your head, but stuck in your emotions. I didn't get closure. And please hear me, not acting like it didn't happen, or let me put it this way, not admitting that something used to have past importance is not a healthy coping mechanism, but rather it's to leave a wound untreated. One more time, not admitting that something did have past importance to you is not a healthy coping mechanism, but rather it is to leave a wound untreated. And untreated wounds lead to infections and infections spread. Are y'all hearing me on tonight? I ain't even tripping about that. that. That didn't even phase me. I'm not bothered by that. You're lying. Not admitting that that did have past importance. That's not a healthy coping mechanism, but rather it's to leave a wound untreated and untreated wounds become infections and infections spread. It spread it. It spread to your joy. It has spread over into the way you think. It has spread to your perspective. It has spread to your security. It has spread to your esteem. I know you're posting. I'm good. I'm not even tripping, but infection spreads. Can't even love them back because that infection has spread. And what I want us to understand is there is nothing wrong with admitting you cared. Acting hard is hard. There is nothing wrong with admitting. Gosh, I feel this, y'all. Somebody's eyes is filled with tears. Nothing is wrong with admitting that you cared. In fact, caring is the byproduct of an investment. You know that you were invested by how much you cared. Caring is the byproduct of investing. So let me, let me give you a natural illustration. The stock market. If you have nothing invested in the stock market, if it crashes right now, you really don't care. <laughs> I mean, you might be empathetic or sympathetic for somebody else who lost everything, but if in no way and no form, it does not affect you, you really don't care. You know why? because you didn't invest anything. But if you invested something, you care if it crashes. It's the same way. Somebody who has invested in you, that is a litmus test that reveals they cared. And nothing is wrong with you saying, that hurt because I cared. How do you know I cared? I was invested. I invested time, I invested energy, some of us, I invested my resources, I cared. And I didn't get closure. I didn't get closure. How about let's talk about that on tonight. Let's speak around that thought for the remaining few moments that we have together on tonight. I didn't get closure. Everybody put that in the room. I didn't get closure. I didn't get closure. I'm not the only one, but I wanna just give you some strategies on how I was able to heal from that without saying, staying emotionally stuck and incarcerated due to the lack of an apology. I didn't get 
closure. I didn't get closure. We have to talk about this. We have to talk about this because this is something that Jerry has learned. And that is sometimes um, desired closure prolongs grief. Mm. Sometimes desired, meaning you want it, desired closure prolongs grief. Grieving is supposed to be a stage, not a state. Grieving has stages. It's not supposed to be your state. Now, from my own personal study and my own counseling, there are really seven phases or seven stages of grief. You have the shock phase, denial phase, anger phase, bargaining phase, depression, depression phase, testing phase, and then you end with the acceptance. First, you're shocked. Then you're angry. You're in denial, depression, bargaining, testing, and acceptance. Those are the stages of how you grieve, okay? But if I, if I arrest my freedom to receiving closure, these aren't stages, these are states. So you are in a state of being shocked. This is so good. You are in a state of denial. You are in a state of being angry. You are in a state of depression. You are in a state of bargaining. Because desired closure many times prolongs grief. And needing closure, hear me, needing closure, needed closure causes for us to think with conditionals. In other words, I'll be okay if, well, I'll finally get over that if they respond to. If they were to just do this, then I'll. I'll have some clarity if they do. So your thinking and your mindset has become tied to conditions. I need them to do this so that I can operate in that. I didn't get closure. I didn't get closure. And I had to learn this rather quickly. And the rubble of what was going on in 2018, still a husband, still a father, still leading the student ministry at that time, I had to get this rather quickly. And it is an epiphany that God revealed to me that greatly caused for me to have a different perspective. And I'm going to share it with you. God was revealing this to me. Jerry, I'm not the God that just orders your steps. I'm also the God that orders severing. <laughs> See, because many of us think that when things end, we immediately blame them or blame the devil. What if I were to tell you some closures, God is like, uh, that was me. <laughs> that wasn't just them. That was, that was me. I need to get you to a place and you wouldn't get there with them. I wonder how many of us are blaming the enemy for something God was really behind. Jerry, I don't just order your steps. Mm -mm. I also order your severing because relationships never die due to natural causes. This is so profound. Relationships never die due to natural causes. It is either, 
it either dies due to relational homicide or something being purified. This is good, y'all. Relationships never die from natural causes. This is either a relational homicide, meaning I killed this, my attitude killed this, my pride killed this, or they killed this, their attitude killed this, their toxicity killed this, or we both killed this. We were both dysfunctional. <laughs> we were both unhealthy. We committed relational homicide, or is God saying, I, I need that to be purified. I need that to be purified because of where I'm taking you. What do you do when the heart keeps on screaming? I want to know why. I want to know why they cheated. I want to know why they lied to my face. I want to know why they used me. I need closure, but needed closure prolongs grief. And I just feel like I'm a man that has been commissioned by the Holy Spirit on tonight to give somebody this perspective. God is not just ordering your steps. He's also ordering your severing. I am the God that has the authority to cut umbilical cords. That is what the father does. That's what I'm going to have a chance to do in just a few weeks. As, as Tanisha and I, our unborn son, will be born into this earth realm, I will have I will have the opportunity to sever the umbilical cord. And God is saying, I needed to cut that. And I don't cut umbilical cords to hurt. I cut umbilical cords to keep. I want to keep you so I could take you to the place I have prepared for you. You saying you needed closure and I'm just trying to get you to understand I ended that. If it was good for your destiny, if you needed it, it still would be here. Your destiny is never tied to what left. Your destiny is never tied to what left. I'm not just ordering your steps. I'm ordering severing, relational homicide or purified. And so this is, this is what I had to get. This is what I had to get. Okay, the person who hurt me is not gonna come back and heal me. I may never get closure. They may never come back and say, I'm sorry. They may, they may never give me the reason why. They may never give me that, you know what, I was wrong. They may never give that. So I want you to please hear me. I want you to please hear me. Waiting for an apology that is never going to arrive will keep you from never departing. Waiting for an apology that's never going to arrive is gonna keep you in a place where you never depart. Never depart emotionally, never depart some of us physically, mentally, spiritually. Them ghosting, leaving, or the lack of closure was a tranquilizer dart to my becoming process when I say, you know what? I have to have the why. And what helped me heal was when I understood that the why belongs to God. Let me give you another perspective about burned bridges. What if burned bridges are really lighting the way to the right path? <laughs> this is so good, T. What if that burned bridge gave you the light that you need to see the right path. Because it's so amazing to me that wrong people have a way of teaching us the right lessons. What do you do when the heart screams? I wanna know why. 
you recognize that God doesn't just order your steps, that he also orders your stops. I'm trying to help us on tonight because I need us to understand you are a threat to the kingdom of darkness when you heal. I would not be doing this if I didn't heal. There would be no therapy Thursday if I didn't heal. My marriage wouldn't be in the condition that it's in right now if I didn't heal. The church that I'm honored to serve and wash people feet, people's feet at wouldn't look the way it does if I didn't heal. You are a threat to the kingdom of darkness once you get a different perspective and you heal. God wants us to heal so that we could say what he wants us to say versus saying what they wound wants us to say. I need you to heal. I need you to heal. God wants us to heal so you could hear what's actually being said without the lack of closure rewording it, without the trauma rewording it, without the betrayal rewording it. I need you to hear what they're really saying without the dysfunction rewording it. Heal and allow me to give you a different perspective. I need you to heal, sir, so that you can kiss your son and kiss your daughters so that your daughter will not be trying to find your love in another man when she's 15, when she's 14, 13. She won't be looking for daddy in another man, but she has it at home with you. I need you to heal so that your son won't be looking for the father's love in gangs, but he had it with you. I need us to heal so that our children won't have to heal from having us as a parent. The lack of closure is causing for us to be incarcerated due to the lack of an apology. Heal. That wasn't just the devil. God is trying to get us to get. I don't just order your steps. I also order your severing. Heal. 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 Hurting them back won't heal you. Hurting them back won't heal you. Revenge is stealing because revenge belongs to the Lord. We don't try to get revenge. We get healed. Blaming them, that's not going to heal you. I need you to heal so that I can give you a different perspective. I need us to heal so that you won't feel like every single person that God is sending in your life to help you is another individual who's going to hurt you just like they did. What do you do when the heart screams, I want to know why? You remember that the why belongs to God and that he's not just ordering your steps. He also orders your severing. I feel this, y'all. Father, help us to forgive whoever it is right now, whoever it is right now that is hurt, that has cause for their thinking to be married to conditionals. I'll heal once they, if they only would respond, then I'll. God, would you heal us the same way you healed me in 2018? Give us a different perspective that sometimes we have to remember you're the God of endings too. Not just the God of entrances, but also the God of endings. I, I pray that all bitterness will get flushed out of our heart 
right now. All resentment we will let go right now. Search the deep, dark crevices of our heart and any bitterness that we have towards a parent, towards a pastor, towards a place, towards a person, towards an ex. Help us to release it, God, because forgiveness frees the prisoner. And once we forgive, we will recognize that the prisoner was us. All bitterness does is contaminate the container. God, help us to forgive so that we can move forward and relabel it from a hard, hurtful year to a character-building experience. We're asking that you do it. And everybody who agrees with that prayer, would you drop in the room, amen. Amen and amen. There's a confession I want us to say. Can I get everybody to drop this in the room in all caps? Father, give me the faith to not only trust your stops, but to trust your severing. Oh, what a prayer. Can I get everybody to put that in the room in all caps? Father, give me the faith to not only trust your stops, but to trust your severing. 2018 was a character building year, but it wasn't until today in 2023 that I could appropriately label it as character building because in that moment, it felt like the hardest year of my life. Betrayal after betrayal, please, one at a time. So much is happening, hit after hit after hit. And I had this epiphany. I said, man, if, if I'm gonna be a servant to God's people, if I'm gonna do life with my bride or if I'm going to be a pastor, I'm going to have to know how to live with not knowing the reason for things. <laughs> I was like, it really was like an epiphany thought for me. Like, bro, if you're going to be a pastor, you're going to have to learn how to keep going without knowing. I'm doing it right now in real time. Church is packed, all overflows full. Where are we going to go? I don't know. I don't know, but I do know this is God's business, not mine. I'm just a servant. God is gonna handle this. I don't know what's gonna happen. I had to learn back then, you must be able to be a leader that knows how to go and not know. <laughs> I don't know why. I never got the why, still to this day. Certain things that happened in my life, I do not know why, but I understand that there's wisdom that I gained. There's wisdom that I gained from each and every experience. And there's this passage of scripture that we're gonna exegete and break down for a few moments because I believe it's gonna give us some framework. I believe it's gonna give us some steps on how we could actually go out, go about our healing journey when you didn't get closure, all right? So let's, let's look at Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, we're gonna launch our reading at verse one. It says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. That's a whole word. I got to be healed on the inside because many times God is using me to go ahead of what he's going to do. I'm breaking up the soil so that when God comes and talks to you during your devotion time and prayer closet, your heart is receptive. That's a whole other sermon. He told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. 
Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his field. Go, I am sending you out like lamb among wolves. Do not take a purse, a bag, sandals, don't pack anything. Do not greet anyone on the road. Stay focused, don't entertain distractions. When you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, if someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcome, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcome, Look for closure. Oh, that's not what it says. When you go to a place and they don't welcome you, try to figure out why. It's not what, it, it's not what the text says. But when you enter a town and are not welcome, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town, we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. Jesus is like, listen, I, I, I'm giving you a mission. And wherever you go, if they receive you, if there's peace there, if they promote peace, let your peace rest upon it. And make sure your peace comes back to you. But then the places that don't welcome you, he doesn't say, look for closure. He says, dust, wipe off the dust from your feet dust off what happened there. Sounds simple, but really Jesus is giving us four important principles and I wanna share them with you. Number one, Jesus is trying to teach us to trust me in the middle of the unknown. Think about how I felt to be a disciple in that moment. I'm sending y'all out and don't take nothing with you. Don't pack, don't prepare, don't think about how you're gonna get prepared, just go. This would have been <laughs> problematic for a detailed packer, because it's gonna be hard for you to be sold out with a plan B at the same time. Did y'all hear me? It's gonna be hard for you to be sold out and have a plan B at the same time. Jesus is really saying, follow my instructions with no plan B. <laughs> this is the text y'all, follow my instructions with no plan B. I wonder how many of us are prolonging seasons because we're trying to open old doors in the name of closure. I just wonder how many of us are prolonging seasons because we're trying to open old doors in the name of I just need closure. I, you're monitoring their page. I just need closure. What are they doing? Ooh, I'm, ooh. you're still looking at old DMs. I, I just want to know, did they really mean that? Let me look at the timeline. Let me look at the text message. You're monitoring a place where God is saying, dust your feet off. Dust your, you have to dust your feet off. You know why? Because there are other towns that are gonna need the message. And when you don't dust the feet off, dust your feet off from that village, you'll go into the next village dusty. <laughs> you look dusty. I need you to dust off your feet. God is trying to teach us, trust me in the middle of the unknown. Trust me in the middle of the unknown, Jesus says, go and don't prepare. 
I'm not giving you the details. I'm looking for obedience. But what do you do when you're a detail packer? When you travel, you bring extra outfits. You go on somewhere for three days, you pack six outfits. I never know what's gonna happen. You go on some somewhere for two days, you bring six pair of drawers. I just need to be prepared. You never know what's gonna happen. You never know how that gumbo gonna sit. I just need to be prepared. But what are you gonna do when God tells you to do something without details? Hmm. Is your obedience tied to details? Or can you obey when God says, go? See, because knowing all of the intricate details and having time to pack feeds the illusion of, I control the outcome. That's what it is, that's what it is. Me having time to pack is me preparing my plan B just in case something goes in a way that I'm not prepared for. But Jesus tells them to go because I need to train you and this is gonna be modeled for centuries later. For my people who follow me, trust me, even in the middle of the unknown. That's the first thing that we can learn. The second thing that just like blew my mind was number two, it's a revelation of what I'm called to. Jesus says, go, don't take anything with you. And the houses that receive you, let your peace come. He's saying, okay, knowing, knowing where you're called is gonna be revealed by reciprocity because reciprocity happens in called places. I need to say that one more time. Put that in the chat. Reciprocity is revealed in called places. Reciprocity happens in called places. Jesus is showing them how to discover the places that they were called to. The place that provides for you, the place that feeds you. Don't go from house to house. Be grateful for the one that you've discovered because it is the place that you're called to reach. Don't look for another one. He says, don't go from place to place, stay there. Eat whatever they give you. Reciprocity happens in called places because you must understand everyone is not your assignment. Sometimes the answer to your problem is recognizing that's not my problem. <laughs> Sometimes the answer to your problem is recognizing that's not my problem. He says, if someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you for the worker is, for the worker deserves his wages. I won't be able to see where I'm graced to be when I have a plan B. Think about it. If they would have packed lunch and packed up stuff and they went to a house that did not receive them, did not feed them, they would just pack up their lunch. Oh, I got lunch, I'm cool. I'm, no, don't pack. Because the places that you don't have favor, the places that don't have reciprocity, that's showing you that's not your call place. That, that's, that's not your call place. Given it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, running over for the measure you use. That same measure will be measured back to you. I need you to go to the places that exercise reciprocity. Hmm. It's a revelation of what I'm called to. Number three, this passage is showing us staying in a place you're not received is wasting your time. They don't receive you? Wipe the dust off your feet. Wasting time prolongs what's really yours. 
Could you be looking for closure for somebody who's not yours? Hmm. Could you be seeking closure for something that was never your assignment? It was your will, not God's. And so now I just need closure. And God said, no, that wasn't my will. That was your will. Your destiny is never tied to who left. And wasting time prolongs what's really yours. Maybe the reason you can't shake the dust off your feet is because you're still in the place that put dust on you. Bro, maybe the reason you can't shake the dust off is because you're staying in a place in the name of needed closure that's keeping you dusty. What do you do when the heart screams, I need to know why? Do you recognize wasting time? Hmm. Wasting time is causing for me to miss on what's really mine. And I think the most profound truth of all of this is point number four. Closure comes internally and vertically. Closure, it comes internally and vertically. These disciples were able to know how to identify when a door is closed because of the own clarity that they had internally and because of the instructions that they were given vertically. And I just came on here for a few moments to challenge you. Maybe you're not stuck because I just need closure. Maybe you're stuck because you're trying to rewrite a conclusion that you really already know the outcome to. You just didn't get a chance to put your period because that's what the lack of closure does causes for you to skip the opportunity to write the conclusion and forces you to the closing credits. And I want us to stop blaming the enemy for sometimes what's God's work. This wasn't Satan. This wasn't Lucifer. This wasn't just your mom and them. This was me saying, I need to take you to another village. And the longer you stay there, the more dusty you get. Reciprocity is revealed in called places. I have a called place for you. I know that that was your plan. It hurts so much because you want my plan your way. See, it hurts so much because you wanted it the way that you wanted it versus the way I need for you to be. It's going to be hard for us to hear what God is saying when we've decided what we want him to say. I'm not just the God. Hear me, y'all. Hear me. This changed my life and expedited my healing. I'm not just the God that orders your steps. I'm the God that orders your severing. You see to the corner, I see around it. You see 2023, I see 2026. You're in chapter four, I finished your whole book. And I know what needs to be severed in chapter four because of what I need to do in chapter five. And it's gonna hurt in chapter five but you're going to be healing in chapter five. And when you get to chapter six and chapter seven and chapter eight, it's going to make sense why something ended in chapter four. It never makes sense while you're in it. It only makes sense once you're in the next chapter. You can't get to spring if you don't close winter.
And what God is trying to get us to understand on tonight is, hey, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. It's not the devil. It's me. It's me. Forgive. This releases weight, y'all. Forgive whoever left you on read. Release the heart from saying, I want to know why, to the why belongs to you. And I'm going to trust you. Even when I'm in the middle of the unknown. Father, help us to trust. That's what we need. Trust. Help us to trust you, even when we currently don't understand. Because sometimes it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense on Good Friday while you're dying. But it makes sense three days later. Help us to understand that Good Friday never feels good while it's Friday. But it's all for the purpose of getting us to a place that you desire to get us to, which is kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.